0: Hello, this is a Canyon Podcast Preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Darkness. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode 5 of 7. Oh, so this is not about me or you, but about them. Who tripped me, they say. Interesting enough, it is not darkness that trips them up, us at one point in time but rather the wickedness that they walk in. Proverbs 20:20. 20, 20. Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. Can't keep the kids out of this message. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, for all of the time I missed it with my parents. You find that as you grow up, you are only smarter than your parents until you need their money. Ecclesiastes 2:14. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Yet I myself perceive that the same event happens to them all. Just out a funny thought, which is that everyone on the planet would want to see this guy if he were alive today, until he uttered such wisdom. Surely Isaiah the prophet can shed some more light on the subject of darkness, right? Isaiah 5.20 Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, Now, I'm not a mathematician, but I'd say that this woe has been multiplied since about 2020 in this country. And yet, even though these words exist, people do it blindly, as if this was never said, and yet they walk in woe. Well, back to the message. The only important word in all of this is woe. It is not like if you knew exactly what woe meant, you could change its course of nature. Nope. Woe is how spelled W-O-E. When you don't believe in God, you see things backwards while telling the poor Christian soul he is backwards. It reminds me of a scene in the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, where John Candy has found his way about heading down the freeway, going in the wrong direction. A car catches up with him and Steve Martin and tells them that they are going the wrong way. John looks at Steve and gestures, tipping a drink to his lips as if to say that those silly people in the car are drunk and don't know what they are saying. They keep heading down the road as if they know what they are doing, until they see the light. Nope, not the light of Jesus, but the lights of two semis heading right towards them. Great movie, but a better message. Could the Matrix series have actually hit the nail on the head, or was it just a sci-fi movie? Was Jesus just a magic man, or was he actually right in saying, in John 14:6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know if he is right, then you might be in trouble here. Your entire world has been pulled over your eyes in the answer to your question. Surely, you had to ask it. Or if you haven't, then allow me to ask it for you. Is this all there is in life? I say to you in these early moments as some of you are getting ready to relive yesterday. Rinse and repeat. No matter how much money... For all of the things money can buy, you will not outlive it, or any of the pleasures you used it for. If you are prone to chasing the wind, then you have become a purposed slave of money, no matter how much you have. Believe me when I say this, as many of the rich have discovered it way too late, and that is that we all face ourselves at the end of the busy day. And age also has a way of causing us to reflect on this very thing, which is what on earth am I doing here? What have I accomplished that was worth my time? And as Solomon no doubt enumerated, as he was writing Ecclesiastes, who will get what I have so carefully stocked up, and what will become of it? Are we so different that we would not take into account our own lives' investments? If you have found anything that fully satisfies, and that you would never consider an upgrade or tire of it, know anything, then you have accomplished what no man before you has found, contentment in nothing and everything. This can only be found in God completely, but it's one thing to know it and another to show it. Isaiah 9, 2 The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light was shined. E.T., is that you? Nope, it is just Jesus, and he will shine his light upon you. And don't worry, because as his light does its work and peers into the darkness of your soul, he will be there throughout the uprooting process. Like lights in a mine, they help to remove the dirt and also to discover the little gems. Isaiah 29:18. In that day, the deaf shall hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. Sounds like a zombie movie to me. I just see people walking in darkness as if in a cave, and it's for the very first time ever. The sun comes out and they are all drawn from out of the cave into his marvelous light. But before moving on, let's take our decalm breather. In the dictionary it states obscurity, the state or quality of being obscure, the condition of being unknown. He lived in obscurity for years before winning acclaim, uncertainty of meaning or expression, ambiguity, an unknown or unimportant person or thing, darkness, dimness, Indistinctness, an unknown person or thing, so darkness can keep you from being known as well as knowing. Yep, Isaiah fourteen sixteen, I will bring the blind by the way they did not know, and I will lead them into paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them, and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them, and not forsake them. It is important to realize that I am not opening these scriptures up to any kind of fullness or inner-depthness. For that, you should engage the Bible for yourself, as it relates to this study. There is nothing more important in doing so, with the exception of also doing what it says. Isaiah 45, 3 I will give you the treasures of darkness, and hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by name, am the God of Israel, Okay, so what is this about treasures hidden in the darkness? It actually doesn't say that, does it? Nope, it states the treasures of darkness. Is it not also hidden in secret places, if it is in fact dark? The secret teller will tell you where to find the treasure. You should know, however, that he is not talking about finding Waldo. He is the greatest treasure, yet to be fully discovered by anyone, who looks for a lesser treasure, including but not limited to false man-made gods, which, by the way, is all of them, but Him. A great way to see if you are on an eternal thinking track is to ask yourself, what will you leave behind when you die, and what will you have with you when you show up in heaven? This sounds like the same question, but it's not. It's asking for two lists. Go ahead, take some time to make them up. I will wait. No, but it's that important that you know. Anything you leave behind is not worth your full attention. This doesn't mean that you burn everything up upon your departure. A good parent lays up for their wife or husband and children who are left behind. On a different subject, covered in other messages way thoroughly, is the mess divorce leaves behind when trying to square up the inheritance among the multiple families. And please get offended if you are one. I know my sin and what it is to be a sinner. And if you authentically care for me, and we have discipleship-leadership relationship, you will have my full permission to help me grow as a Christian. And if you point out a sin, I will be offended because it is my natural response to missing the mark. But then I will use it in my communication with God, and ask that he kill it, lock, stock, and barrel. I'm not sure that that is an appropriate use for sin. It's just that killing of sin has to be permanent. An offense tells you it's there hiding in the darkness. I suppose, nonetheless, it's there. Don't get divorced, period. and pray for me, too. Isaiah 45, 7 I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. Is it fair that God created darkness, the dark kind of darkness, and evil, and then holds us accountable for how we act, And to what we are drawn to, given our sin nature? Yep. It is because he himself, without I, made a path out of darkness, and we get to decide if we want his help or not. This is not easy, I know. Even Paul stated of himself that he is the least of all the saints. Ephesians 3.8 I cannot ask of you something I myself struggle with, but as sure as I am typing here, I can encourage you to be more successful than I have been thus far. So if you're wondering why this is chatted about so, just look at what King James Version states about the same thing. Isaiah 45, 7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from them. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through in the people's lives. Find a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and to see you next time at Deep Waters.